everyone. You're listening to NRI Woman, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin living across the world. We hope these stories resonate with you, remind you that you are not alone in the struggles you face, and inspire you to pursue the things that excite you the most. I'm Bettina. And I'm Nanora. Joining us today to share her story is Dipti Mehta from New York. She has a unique combination of skills and qualifications. She has a doctorate in molecular and cellular biology and worked as a research scientist in the field of prostate cancer for 10 years. But she's best known for her portrayal of Raina in the film Life, Camera Action, which brought her multiple international awards and nominations. Dipti grew up in Mumbai. where she was introduced to theater by a teacher at the age of 6 this role in the school play marked the beginning of her acting career at 13 the program executive officer at all india radio invited dipti to present a 10 minute scripted show on the radio she was thrilled with the opportunity because it meant she had a platform to share her budding feminist ideas but that also meant it was the start of her struggles fighting the patriarchal culture so i come from a rajasthani madhu family very orthodox very patriarchal very backward in many ways when it comes to women very loving and very protective and wonderful but at the same time there are gender specific roles which everybody follows and i was definitely not fitting in the mold so from a very young age i was questioning everything that i was being told about being a woman i was like why do i have to be this way why do i have to do it like this why my brothers are treated differently why my sister in laws have to cover their faces you know so all those things really bothered me it was very interesting so when i first at the age of 13 i used to take part in all these elocution competitions and stuff like that and i used to like win awards and stuff so they were very happy right i'm you know i was young i was in school so they were very happy uh, but then uh, when i did this first talk they were still very happy because you know it was like a 13 year old getting her own talk their reaction at the beginning was fine It was when I started to do more of that as a vocation. When I became an FM radio jockey, my dad was a little bit disturbed by it because he was starting to get upset that as a daughter of the family I was starting to earn. That was a bigger problem than me doing something. Because in Rajasthani families, now it's changing slowly, but back then if your wife or your daughter-in-law or your daughter works then that's kind of like a, you know, shameful thing for the patriarch. So for my dad it was almost like people were saying what you can't provide for your daughter be beti you know like the daughter is going out and working and earning money and saying things on radio and stuff like that getting involved in this bad industry I still remember my dad saying at one point that when girls start to make money their egos flare up and that doesn't work for family structure and that was kind of sad to hear because i was like why should not i why shouldn't i have pride in my work or a little bit of ego in that sense like if i'm good at something there's like millions of people listening to me and why can't my own family listen to me like men especially india is a deeply patriarchal culture over centuries the socially constructed system has valued masculinity over femininity leading to a dynamic of male dominance and female submission The norm for most girls in India is to be married off around the age of 18 or 19 and Dipti's family was hoping for the same. So bachelor's was okay because that is kind of like a stamp that the girl is intelligent, educated, but that's enough. So when I did my masters it was already a problem, but I fought with my dad and I just I was like I'm going to do it and I did it. 
and then I did my masters that was still okay but already he was like you know it's going to be a problem to find a guy find a right match because it's all like this now the guy has to be taller than the girl older than the girl has to make more money or make money and the girl cannot make money he has to be more educated everything except for the beauty has to be more on the guy's side because then he can control her now basically it's all about controlling so if you are physically stronger if you are intellectually stronger then you'd be a better off husband or you know or the wife would be in control in some ways they don't say it out right but that's what it is but dipti knew the only person in control of her life and destiny was herself and so she decided to go pursue a phd in the us that was a major nightmare my dad was very very upset we used to have lots of arguments lots of fights he did come around after i came to the us and he was very proud of me that i did it without any financial support from him or anyone i made my own way like i got a scholarship i figured everything out i got my own bank letters by figuring out money uh, whatever i needed to do i did it all on my own and i come from a lower middle class family back then you know like my dad was the only breadwinner and i remember his first job he made like 700 rupees he was a very smart guy he had three degrees but no support from my grandfather who was a business guy and who had moved from rajasthan to mumbai so my dad was kind of the first generation mumbai guy you know so he was trying to make his own destiny in that way in hindsight one might even say that he was following her dad's footsteps creating her destiny by taking an unknown road Tipti's courage to go to the US for her doctorate is what produced an opportunity for her to follow her passion and eventually build a career in arts. So when I was doing my PhD for instance it was in a place where there wasn't any opportunity or not that many opportunities for me to really act but I started to discover dance I always used to dance you know in front of the mirror then Sri Devi and Madhuri Dixit were like my icons so I started training in Bharatanatyam Kathak flamenco salsa jazz everything I took actual credits for theater jazz at the school where i was doing my phd in university of arizona and then we had a dance group where we used to actually take part in competition and perform in different places and stuff like that so it became really an integral part of my life at that point and then i was in mumbai for a while doing acting full time and then i moved to new york and i became a scientist but at the same time i was still pursuing my art i really just wanted to do the art i didn't want to get a job as a scientist but my husband at the time was at a company which went down so he was then in between jobs and so we i had to go and get some kind of employment so we would have you know at least one salary but i realized that i had enough autonomy in the lab and enough flexibility to be able to pursue both so i kept pursuing both and then it worked out and you know at one point after 10 years of being a scientist it was enough and i am now pursuing art full time dipti believes that art is not distinct from life they are inseparable She realizes theater can be a powerful means for social transformation. Both her pieces of work, Honor, Confessions of a Mumbai Courtesan, and her story, His Shadow, reflects her artistic practice to give voice to those who have none. So, Honor, Confessions of a Mumbai Courtesan sheds light on the stigma that lives around people who live in the brothels. It's a mother-daughter story that happens to be in a red light district of Mumbai. with honor i am trying to expose the fact that we have separated us from them and we are trying to make them into dirty people bad people except there is a social strata that also connects with them we don't blame 
the perpetrators we only blame the victims and that is something that is a problem and that's something that has been deeply rooted in our society like when i was young i was told these women are dirty so i bought that i was like these are dirty women they do dirty things but the men who go there and then when i got older when i was a teenager that question started to come up for me why are the men dirty nay men can't do anything wrong you know so with her story i'm trying to just look at the gender specific upbringing and how women are made to believe that their job is to just take care of their family and adapt to the new family i mean i was raised to adapt to the new family to adapt to the mother-in-law's ways and to do stuff that they will like one of the things that i have realized is you are worried about being judged i'm worried about being judged of course as a is a human being but you're more worried about being judged when when you're trying to impress someone and over time and in the beginning i was trying to do that i started writing honor because i wanted to be seen as an actor in a world which didn't give parts to south asian women but over time i started to work with non-profits i started to get more and more aware of what the actual situation with the trafficking issue is and now it's about giving voice to something that doesn't have voice it's always been there but now it's more so so now i am trying to bring these issues to the forefront i'm trying to have people see them and expose these things that will never be exposed otherwise so i'm i'm proud of that work and i want to do that work and so that helps me not worry about the judgment like yeah let them judge me it's fine Dipti has always considered herself a feminist. Growing up, she found herself at loggerheads with the patriarchal system and the people in it. The system or the people did not change. But Dipti's attitude towards it did. Why? It's a very um profound question actually you asked and there is a very um emotional answer I have for you for this one. As I was growing up, I just hated men because they were like i said oppressing women around me i and i was pushing the lid so much that i had a very challenging relationship with my dad he loved me so much and he believed in me but the problem was i was a girl so he only could do so much for me given his upbringing he grew up in a village he grew up as a madu boy so it was just very hard and then when i came here the first time i realized he was proud of me was when my mom told me that you know I overheard him talking to his client on the phone saying yes yes my daughter went to the US and I'm so proud of her she did it all on her own she got a scholarship she didn't even take any money from me my son I had to help but my daughter went on her own and suddenly something started to shift you know and I started to think about all those times when my dad almost gave his life to save mine when I was two I put myself on I mean it was Diwali and I lit myself on fire and I almost died and it was my dad and my uncle who put the fire out to their bare hands landed up with third degree burns on their hands or when I had some dental surgeries I remember I still remember very clearly my dad carried me from the dentist office all the way to home and I was at the time about 9 years old or something these kind of things that he would do which was obviously so much love and then I was here and he got sick and uh, he passed away and when he was gone i suddenly had this loss and love that i got present to and i started to see them differently i started to see the love they all have for me and how they how much they miss me and then i started to lose some more family members like a bunch of my uncles passed away while i was here 
but when i would go home you know they would all be so happy and and i think it's a loss that made me realize that i'm also losing so much love when i'm not connecting with them you know i also lost my mom 4 years ago once she was gone i started to also see her in a very different light like i mean i always saw her in a different light because she was my support she never said yes but she never said no and that was her way of supporting me yeah i'm not going to be in your way because she was a graduate in the times when girls didn't even go to college and she really wanted to be a doctor but she wasn't allowed to so she could go as far as getting her bachelor's in chemistry she was a very intelligent woman she was so good at math and chemistry which i was terrible at <laughs> So I think having lost my parents and having lost a bunch of family that has brought me some sort of humbleness and some sort of realization that it's also about love. And if it is about love then why is all this other mess going on? That must be some other reason. Because they love me so much then why would they want to hurt me? Understanding patriarchy is the beginning of undoing patriarchal patterns and this cannot be done without involving the very gender that the system rewards. boys and men and recognizing that villainizing them is not the solution and that the acknowledges this and conveys it in her work so priya and the lost girls is such a wonderful wonderful comic book that happened and that came my way and i'm so grateful so basically ram devineni who is the founder of priya shakti saw my show in 2016 and then approached me saying he was in the midst of developing a comic and he really loved my characters and he was wondering if there was something we could do together so he told me that he wanted it to be about trafficking and he wanted priya to go rescue his sister so that was a premise he gave me and then i had all the other freedom to develop the characters the storyline as i saw fit so i came up with this idea of a mythical world that's something that we also talked about and I was like I want it to be fantastical I don't want a human being as a villain I want to take all of that negative masculine energy because there's also positive masculine energy and I don't want to like put that all in the same boat so I want to take all the negative stuff and I want to create a monster and I created a lava monster and then I I've always been very inspired by nagins you know like half man half snake creatures so we had those creatures in our book and I did not want to have them in a bad light so I actually created a uh, half snake half female as a matriarch who ruled this world really in a beautiful harmony with her husband they did it together and then that was destroyed by this lava monster and he took over this place and created it into a, a sex industry kind of a place where women were being trafficked and then priya goes and rescues all these girls but the point of the comic is not to just be like okay the superhero comes and saves the day but really focus on the issue and so ram and i had many many long conversations where i was like the ending cannot be a sweet happy ending the ending has to reflect what's happening in the world again not villainizing but showcasing the stigma that these girls face if they try to come out of the field come out of the sex industry so that's how the book took its form and found its end the book is just such a amazing thing that we've been able to create and hopefully it'll have an impact Dipti has come a long way from the man-hating teen to the woman she is today. One who is committed to bringing gender neutrality through social transformation. And in doing so, she's mindful not to create new negative patterns while breaking old ones. I used to be a man-hating feminist. It's kind of funny I say it this way, but you know, I used to literally just despise men because I all I could see in a man is oppression. like how they are oppressors how they are the problem but then over time i started to realize that 
patriarchy is not our fault it's neither one of our faults it's our responsibility and the whole thing is we are raised to be who we are we are raised to be boys and girls versus human beings who partner with each other who respect each other we are really raised to be in a society that functions on gender specific roles and gender specific biases and i would just say that if you're a woman out there know that there is support and that just because you're a woman you don't have to mold yourself to a specific role stand your ground do not budge but don't you don't have to like you know pull out your swords definitely don't run away from your family i did not run away from my family for sure i definitely kept that connection i did not severe like i didn't just burn my bridges don't burn your bridges especially not with your parents not with your siblings it's not worth it but go for your career if that's what you want to do and they will see it if my family could see it trust me i mean i come from a really 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 backward and orthodox community then any family can see it all you have to do is stand your ground and show them your commitment that this family saw her commitment and respected her for it she's grateful to be in a position where she knows her voice matters However, each time that these on stage, she carries the weight of sharing the voice of those who have none. But she's never alone. She has a special crew cheering her on. So I I have a proper ritual. So I have um I will bow down to the stage. I will put my you know head forehead on the stage and I'll, I'll actually say rang bhumi aaj meri laaj rakh lena, aaj meri izzat rakh lena. Aapke haath mein hai the next couple of hours, agle 2 ghante aapke haath mein hai. and then i say i'm jain so i say my nokar mantra 12 times and then i take my parents photograph and i hold it really close to my heart and i um, listen to my grandmother's voice saying fatte uh, fatte means victory and my grandmother used to always say that when i was going for anything and i would touch her feet she'd be like ja beta teri fatte and then when she passed away my dad used to say that and when my dad passed away my mom used to say that so i hear their voices saying that to me and then i'm set to go on stage <laughs> the german activist petra kelly said overturning patriarchy does not mean replacing men's dominance with women's dominance that would merely maintain the patriarchal pattern of dominance we need to transform the pattern itself and to dipti who is transforming that pattern one show at a time we wish you fateh i'm betina and i'm nanora Thank you for joining us today and we hope you'll join us again for our episode next week. We can be found at nriwoman.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. Just look for NRI Woman. We'd love to hear from you. Share with us what you liked, loved or didn't like about this episode. Email us at hello@nriwoman.com. At Please help us spread these stories of these amazing women by sharing it with your family and friends. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us right now. Our featured fellow podcaster is Crittercast Podcast, a podcast all about the wacky, wonderful world of wildlife. Host Cassie and Corina take you into a deep dive about an amazing animal each episode, sharing info and a love of critter, big and small. You can find their podcast on most podcast listening platforms or wherever you listen to our podcast.
Hey, Karina, do you want to hear an interesting new fact about sloths? Impossible, Cassie. I know all there is to know about sloths. They spend their whole lives eating and sleeping, and that's living the dream in my book. I bet you don't know this fact. Fine. Surprise me. Sloths are surprisingly fast and skilled swimmers. They can move three times faster in water than they ever can on land. Suddenly, I love them even more. Where can I possibly learn more exciting and interesting facts about sloths? Well, we did do an entire episode on sloths for CritterCast. Right! CritterCast, our comedic animal-themed podcast. It's the show where we talk about all kinds of animals and why we love them. We upload new episodes twice a month on every second and fourth Sunday. Just in time for your Monday morning commute. You can find CritterCast on iTunes, Spotify, and many other podcast streaming apps. Plus, check out our website, CritterCastPodcast.com, for links to all of our social media and for more fun facts and adorable photos of critters big and small. CritterCast Podcast. And our woman episodes come out every Monday, so make sure you subscribe. Until next time, keep learning, keep inspiring, and be kind. Next week on NRI Woman. So I have very fond memories of my grandparents' apartment and playing in the building. But I also remember how we had to collect water in the buckets because there would be you know, a shutdown of water. And when we had a bath, my grandmother would heat a kettle in the kitchen and we learned how to mix the water. And I mean, I was coming from having I'm an expat child out and out. Um, but so having coming from Oman first and then uh, the UAE, running water my whole life, you know, uninterrupted electricity my whole life. Um, but I think the the more things you're introduced to, the younger you are, you don't get upset about them. You, you just, you have that, still that pure curiosity. So we always, so Boat Shop and I had a very similar experience from that point of view and kind of somewhere, I believe, in our young, um, you know, as we were developing, we, we kind of said, um, this is not right. And when I grow up, I want to do something about this.